Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Four Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of Star Wars Wrecked. The concept is pretty simple. Me and a guest, we sit down with a topic, Star Wars and Star Wars related, and we give you five reasons each to support that topic. It's pretty simple. Get it? Got it? Good. Let's begin. The one difference this week, though, is I am by myself. If you listen to my Knapsack Files podcast feed, or if you've been checking out Force Center, some of the other uh, episodes leading up to this, you kind of know I've had a busy stretch of time. We all have busy stretches of time. Joseph and Jennifer have them too. I have them as well, and I'm experiencing now. I had to take a trip up to the Redwoods for a wedding. Got to meet some Ewoks. That was fun. I got to pass Lucasfilm. We got to wave as it, I whisked by it on the freeway, hitting the Golden Gate Bridge there. 
Um, and uh, then I've got, I'm in the process of moving. I've got some work trips coming up. You don't want to hear my sad life because it's actually a great life. But uh, all that to say, uh, it's been difficult, honestly, to find time to sit down with a guest or con- con- record or to book somebody. And so I'm squeezing this in when I can. And I feel... Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel that it's okay if it's just me rambling and bumbling and stumbling into a microphone. You'd rather have that than me missing a week because I didn't have time to get a guest in for this Star Wars ranked. If I'm wrong, I stand accused and apologetic of that sin. But here we are for Star Wars Ranked. It's our 13th proper episode of Star Wars Ranked, and this topic is near and dear to my heart, uh, with Game of Thrones Season 7 premiere a week away. And Game of Thrones, very important to my career, and my life, and my hobbies, and my downtime. Uh, I figured uh, we'll do a topic today on the top five Game of Thrones characters that belong in Star Wars. Now, I could have easily done a top ten I figure without a guest, you're getting slightly cheated. I get it. We each have five, so that's really a top ten. But we're going to do a top five today. Um, There's a lot of characters I could have chosen. It's because characters in these kind of stories, these big epic myth-like stories, they're they're similar. They have similar points of view, similar similar goals and drives. That's why we love these stories. We can connect to them. You know that's the rogue scoundrel. That is the princess uh, in distress who also has a sword in her hand. Uh, We have the farm boy hero. We have all those kind of things. We have a normal happy family torn asunder, and they must recover, and they must overcome those obstacles. That's kind of what these stories are about. That's why... Generally speaking, you like Star Wars, you might like Lord of the Rings, you you like Lord of the Rings, you might like Harry Potter, you like Harry Potter, oddly you might like Game of Thrones, weird, weirdly. Some of you might not be Game of Thrones fans, I get it, I understand, but this is what we're going to do today, hang with me if you're not, but if you are a Game of Thrones fan, here is where the fun begins. These, I'm telling you, these, I picked five. I've been re-watching the show in preparation for Season 7. Uh, I got my show Daily Thrones on Anchor, so I'm always thinking about Game of Thrones just as much as I'm thinking Star Wars. So it was really kind of hard for me to come up with these five. It really hard. So the list is certainly debatable. You may have other ideas and thoughts. Totally get that. You can use the hashtag Star Wars Ranked on Twitter to, to debate with me or add some to the list. I encourage that greatly. But whew, here's the list. Number five, Sir Jamie Lannister, the Kingslayer. Hear me out. Jamie Lannister went from one of the bad guys to where he sits now in season seven. He's still on the dark side. He's still playing with the dark side. He still covets and loves some people on the dark side. But he is not in the dark side. He is not of the dark side anymore. Jamie Lannister's story from Kingslayer. From Sister Lover, not foreign to Star Wars, Um, from that character to his slow journey over season two and three, and uh, by the time he returns in four, he's kind of this, he wants to side with his father and his sister, but then his brother's in prison and um, on trial, and you can see it turning. Where he stands now at season seven, he is a knight, he is a great warrior, he has lost a hand which is very Star Wars. His story is one of redemption. And Star Wars is very much about redemption. Darth Vader. He is the villain of all villains. One of the greatest, most noticeable, and recognizable, and memorable villains of all 
time. He wins charts. He wins competitions. He wins polls. Darth Vader is the bad guy when we first meet him, or when most of us first meet him. But by the end of his tale, by the end of his journey, you like him. You understand where he came from. You understand a little bit what happened. Young Annie on Tatooine is sympathetic. He wasn't some kid who was like, yeah, I want to be a Jedi. Cool, this sounds good. I'm out. See you, Mom. It was hard. He was a slave, and he, he was raised in a tough terrain, tough environment. Jamie Lannister was raised on Casterly Rock with money, wealth, and privilege. We know that, but he was raised by Tywin Lannister. He got involved, got twisted into this relationship with his sister. Yes, of his own free will, but not healthy. No one there to tell him no. He, he was very much a product of his environment. And then he served a king that he kind of necessarily didn't want to serve. He was appointed, he was chosen by Aerys Targaryen to be in the King's Guard, which is kind of like being put into the Jedi Order. You got a weapon, you got a, some, a cool outfit, you got some cool people to hang out with, but you, the attachment is forbid, passion, love, sex, all those things, not necessarily allowed. King's Guard, kind of similar. Uh, you can have some sex, and you can uh, do all that wonderful, fun stuff. But like the Night's Watch there, it's a vow. You give up claim to rights and lands and love and family. Uh, Tywin Lannister, it was, it, was a, it was a blow to Tywin to have Jaime Lannister put to the Kingsguard. It was, it was Ares Targaryen, the Mad King, getting back at Tywin. Having a little anger with Tywin, saying, all right, your heir, the heir to the Lannister name and Casterly Rock, is gone. He's on the Kingsguard. He cannot father children. He cannot carry on the name and, and take over Casterly Rock. So it's similar in some sort of way, being a Jedi. You have to give up everything. You have to give up family. You have to become one with this force and this uh, organization that maybe the idea seemed great from the outset. Maybe there's a lot of glory to it, but... When you dig deeper, maybe it's something you don't want to be a part of. And Jaime Lannister slayed the king, Aerys Targaryen, to save a lot of people. And he took the blame. He took the name Kingslayer. It was given to him, really. And he couldn't shake it. And that twisted him. And he wanted to revolt against the regime he was part of. Anakin Skywalker, very similar. It could be said that the prequels... Part of the theme, part of what George was trying to say is be careful of these big, giant, faceless regimes you join. They might not be what they're cracked up to be. The Jedi had some problems. Yoda, Mace Windu, Obi-Wan talked about it directly. Not just about a new generation of Jedi being arrogant. You're led to believe that that's Anakin a bit. But it's, it's the Jedi with a little bit of a fog over their heads, not seeing what's happening. And I think that was Jamie with the Kingslayer. And then he leaves that, though, to join essentially like an emperor with his father. It's confusing times. And it takes him on the road. It takes him on trouble. It takes him losing his hand to find himself. It takes Brienne of Tarth and their relationship and friendship and what he's able to say and explain to her. Jamie Lannister is a fallen Jedi, uh, maybe a fallen Sith, but he's fallen. And his tale is one of redemption. It's one of learning from your mistakes. It's one of doing something outside of what you're maybe expected to do when what you're expected to do isn't good enough or seems wrong or seems off. Jamie Lannister has made some great choices in his career and life. It's 
career in the Kingsguard and his life as a Lannister. He's made some choices that are controversial, tough, and wrong, but he's learning from them, and he is on a path to redemption. Could end up in his death. Could very well. But that is a very Star Wars story to me. Plus, again, he's lost a hand. Looks good in a cape. He's dashing. Good with a sword. Make it a laser sword. And Jamie Lannister definitely belongs in Star Wars. Number four, the Hound. Sandor Clegane. That's another man who looks good with a cape. Looks uh, good with a sword in his hand. But unlike Jamie Lannister. Now, there is a bit of a redemption tale in The Hound as well. There's a lot of that in Game of Thrones. The Hound has his own redemption tale going on. But Star Wars needs bounty hunters. Star Wars needs scoundrels. Star Wars needs guys who know where to get a drink on level 1313 of Coruscant. And The Hound is that guy. In season four, when he takes the silver from that nice man and his daughter who took uh, Ari and The Hound in from the road... And Arya's screaming and saying, it's wrong, it's wrong. And you know what? Yeah, it's probably morally wrong. But the Hound says, no, it's not wrong. He's going to die anyways. I need it. He'll be dead. His daughter will be dead. They're too weak to survive. I understand how, how this all works. I understand how the world works. How many Starks are they going to have to behead before you do? It's a tough lesson for Arya. Again, it might be a little morally gray and morally wrong. But the Hound isn't incorrect. And the Hound would do well tooling around the galaxy as a bounty hunter, maybe a sellsword of sorts. This is not the hound in the king's guard. This is not the hound guarding Joffrey. This is the hound out and about. He may have been down on his luck, probably drank too much by the time you see him doing that. He was running away. But just take that hound as a, as a character, as a skilled fighter, Perhaps combine him with the Hound, who's found some redemption thanks to Brother Ray, who's, who's now maybe allegedly a man of faith, who's changed his ways and, and has maybe given himself up to a, good, a greater good. You can combine those characters, and I can see the Hound flying around the galaxy, collecting bounties, being used. I'm sure the Rebellion would reach out and try to get a man of his skills. Maybe he's got a, he's got a lightsaber, but he's not a Jedi you know what I mean? He's just kind of one of those characters, like the leader of the Scar Squadron, the Stormtrooper group. He's got a lightsaber. General Grievous had a lightsaber. Maybe Hound is one of those guys. Or maybe he has a uh, a Force Pike or something like that, uh, like a Magna Guard. He, he just, um, he is a man out and about in the galaxy. He's He's got a reputation. He can be brutal. You want him on your side. You're afraid to run into him. Uh, he reminds me in a ways uh, of uh, we got the the Wookiee bounty hunter in the Star Wars comics now, Black Chrysanthemum. Big, bruising, scarred, helps out Dr. Aphra, shows that hey, maybe he has somewhat of a good side, but he's still in it for himself. So it's a confusing kind of gray area type of character, but he's definitely memorable. Black Chrysanthemum's one of the best characters to come out of the new Star Wars comics, I believe, and the Hound though he was initially in the background, initially a guy you like to hate, even before he started to find a heart and a bit of a change in his soul, the Hound was kind of a popular guy. Rory McCann does a great job of bringing this character to life. And plus, you got that Hound's Helm. That Hound's Helm is very Star Wars-like. Star Wars is big with masks. And I think the Hound 
fits perfectly into the Star Wars galaxy. Do you want to be a Jedi? Do you want to be a Sith? A rebel? You know, fight for the Empire? Or do you just want to be a bounty hunter? A free-ranging scoundrel? Going from planet to planet, drinking in all the dark corners, and just kind of doing your own thing? That's the Hound. That's why he belongs in the Star Wars universe. Number three. The Red Viper, Prince Obrin Martell. Maybe it's because I just recently watched season four again. I watched him lose to the Hound's brother, Sandor Cle- uh, Gregor Cleclain. Um He reminds me... He reminds me of one of those rogue Jedis. Not necessarily a, quote, gray Jedi. But he reminds me of the Qui-Gon Jinns, the Quinlan Vosses. He reminds me of a guy who became a Jedi because it seemed like the thing to do, because he had great abilities. He's confident and cocky in his abilities. He looks good doing it. He's worldly because he's traveled. He's experienced a lot of things, but he still believes in good, and he still believes in a cause, and he has a cause. Maybe he was... He had force abilities, but maybe he was put into uh, the Jedi Order after a bad thing happened to his family. Maybe his sister was killed, and it was the, a Sith or someone from the Empire that did it. So he becomes a Jedi with a little bit of his own vengeance in his heart. And he becomes a very popular, beloved character around the galaxy, like a Quinlan boss. And he kind of fights with the Jedi Order. They eventually put him as a Jedi Master. They put him on the Council. He's always fighting with Yoda. He and Kiati Mundi are going at it. Mace Windu and him respect each other. They know they're both equal in the field of battle, but, but Mace ranks higher. And Oberyn's okay with that, but he's not, not afraid to let Mace know that, you know, I'm just as good as you. To send him out on important, uh, important dangerous missions, he'd probably be the one you want to go try to assassinate Dooku, much like Quinlan Voss and Dark Disciple. Ober Martell has all of that, but deep down, he's working his way up in the Jedi Order to get his own personal vengeance for what was done to his family. He has not forgotten, even though he's been drilled, drilled and trained as a Jedi. The Jedi Code has been drilled into his head, drilled into his brain. It has not found its way to his heart. He is still a rogue. He is still fancy and free and here for a reason. And I can see Oberyn Martell getting, him himself, getting himself into a situation where he's fighting like a, like a Darth Bane type of Sith. Vader in his prime. Palpatine in his prime. Darth Plagueis if he was canon. Well, take it back. Plagueis is canon, but his story is not completely canon yet. Plagueis that is most powerful. I can see Oberyn taking on one of them, defeating him, but before he puts the final blow to his enemy, he gets caught up on vengeance, caught up on what they did to his family, caught up for the reason he's a Jedi, and he's kind of bitter, bitter about being a Jedi. And in that moment, he gives in to his hate and his anger, and his vengeance crosses over to the dark side and pays for it dearly. 
I can see Ober Martell fitting into the Star Wars galaxy quite well, because I can see him dying in it. There's other characters I might have wanted to put in this slot, some who are about ruling, some who are about power, some who are about love and compassion. Ober Martell does have all those things, but there is a tragedy to his tale, a tragedy to what he went out and tried to do, but failed to do. It was with good reason. It just came from the wrong place. Hate. You can see Palpatine staring across at Ober Martell and saying, I can feel the hate swelling in you now. And Ober Martell would reach for that lightsaber and probably pay the price. Which is why Ober Martell belongs in the Star Wars universe. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Number two, Arya Stark. Would she be a Sith? Would Arya Stark be a Sith? Here's the thing. I think yes, but I also think no. Much like Oberyn Martell, much like a lot of people in the world of Ice and Fire, Arya Stark is now motivated by vengeance. She repeats a revenge-filled list of names every night before she sleeps, and she intends to kill them all. So far, one officially has been taken care of. One off uh, off the list was added just before she stabbed him. The um, the uh, was it Bruges, the prisoner who went up to the wall, who promised to do some very bad things to Arya. She runs at him in season four and boop, boop, kills him right after he gives her his name. She adds him to the list. So. Two off the list, Walder Frey, more to come, possibly. Arya Stark is a young kid, abandoned, not by choice by anyone in her life, but by circumstance. She is an orphan on the run. She is taken in by those who uh, do care for her because they care for her family name. Yorn, he tried to get her back to Winterfell. Um, it didn't work out, and she's out on her own. And Jaganagar helps her and recognizes something in her, and Jaganagar recruits her in a roundabout sort of way to the House of Black and White, to the Faceless Men. Could that be similar to Arya Stark being in the Jedi Academy, training to be a Jedi, found by a a Plo Koon who found Ahsoka? Could that be similar? Or could it be someone appealing to the dark side in Arya? Finding that pulse dark pulse in her heart that wants revenge, that wants vengeance, much like an open martel, and saying, I I can teach you these skills. The Jedi can't. You want something from this world? You want revenge? You want to cross those names off your list? Then come with me, and I will show you how. And I can see Arya Stark falling for that. I can see her falling for the dark side just enough to try it. Just enough to become an apprentice, and she'll suffer for it. The training will be brutal and violent. She'll be asked to do things she's not comfortable with. Going out to 
Learn to kill for your master. Learn to kill for your master's cause. She never really believed in the faceless men's cause. I believe them. Arya Stark went to Bravos to escape Westeros and chase a dream of being this wonderful faceless killer that Jagan Hagar was, or the man who was Jagan Hagar. She saw it in action in season two of Game of Thrones. She saw what Jagan Hagar did at Harrenhal, and she was in awe of his powers because she felt powerless in a lot of ways. She watched people around her, some that she knew, some that she didn't. She saw them die. She saw the innocent die. She saw these horrible things happen to her family. She saw her father beheaded. She felt powerless, even with needle in her hands. She never gave up, but she knew she was outmatched in a lot of ways. It was Jagan Agar who came in and said, Hey, here's what you do. Here's what I do. And I can teach you as well. Just follow me. Take this coin. You'll need it one day. But follow me. So Arya Stark eventually finds her way to Bravos. eventually enters the House of Black and White to train under the man we know as Jagannagar. Only she finds out maybe this wasn't what she wanted. Maybe it was the rigid training or the fact that it wasn't easy, something she couldn't just accomplish fast um, and, and, like you said, easy. And, and she, found a, she found a problem with that. She had a problem with that. Then the waif shows up and she's beating her up. And then Arya Stark is sent out to kill, sent out to, it's like a trial. It's not like the Jedi trials. It's more of a Sith trial. Go kill. Go kill because that's what we do. She's supposed to kill the actress, Lady Crane. She does not. She knows it's wrong. She knows that the person that wanted Lady Crane killed was a a jealous understudy, a jealous actress. Not someone who deserved to have their vengeance. So she doesn't do it. Causes problems. The waif attacks her. The waif leaves her for dead. She finally drops out of college. Tells Jagan Hagar, oh no, I'm not no one. I'm Arya Stark of Winterfell, and I'm going home. Like a good Sith master, Jagannagar knows when he's been defeated. She's not going to kill him, of course. There's a look on his face of, ah, yes. Now, in story, you could argue that Arya Stark was... Her journey has to go through the House of Black and White so that she can learn all the things she needs for her tale of vengeance that is yet to come, and that Jagan Hagar might have intended that, and that Jagan Hagar might have been proud of her. But, from a certain point of view, it looks as though she tried to go to the dark side of the Force, liked a lot of the skills, liked a lot of it from afar, but once there, found it to be too dark, and that deep down she knows who she is, a good soul and a good person with a dark motive. And back to Westeros she goes. And I think that's where we'd find Arya Stark if she was in the Star Wars galaxy. Heading home. Heading home for revenge. Heading home with a new level of skill. But not subscribing to an organization who she overall does not believe and does not accept what they believe in. Arya Stark would be a Sith redeemed And that's why she belongs in the Star Wars galaxy. So five is Jamie Lannister, four the Hound, three Ober Martell, two Arya Stark. Number one, the number one Game of Thrones character who belongs in Star Wars. Well, 
He's the phantom menace of the Game of Thrones universe. Peter Baelish. Some call him Littlefinger, but all, one day, might just call him Master. The events of Game of Thrones, the first book, first season, and in fact all of the show and all the story to follow that point in time and beyond, starts with the death. The death of John Aaron, the Hand of the King. It's a big moment. It spurns so much sends so much of the story forward. It is the inciting incident of what we know as Game of Thrones on TV or Song of Ice and Fire in the books. It starts with that moment. Robert Baratheon, the king, goes north to uh, ask his friend Ned Stark to come south to be his hand. Liza Aaron goes back to the Vale, crazy and paranoid, a son on her breast. Catelyn Stark... Uh, not happy, freaked out, suspects some foul play in the death of John Aaron because she was told by her sister she's paranoid. So when bad things happen to her son, Bran, uh, including being pushed out of a tower, an attempt of murder, she starts throwing wild accusations, ends up kidnapping Tyrion Lannister, taking him hostage, taking him to her sister. Her sister says, this is a Lannister, this is a man and part of the family that killed my husband. And then next thing you know, we have the War of Five Kings, and, bah, and that's where we are. We are going on and on and on to where we are now. That all began with the death of John Aaron, which unlike... What Liza Aaron said early on in season one was not by the Lannisters. It was by her. Liza Aaron poisoned her husband. Liza Aaron poisoned her husband because of Peter Baelish, who started it all. And throughout, with chaos being a ladder he loves to climb, he created wars, he created tension, he created chaos and used it as a means to get higher and higher and higher. He seduces the good with his mind and his plans and his intellect. He's brutal when he needs to be. He's dark when he needs to be. He deals with brothels and whores when he deals with kings and queens. He is trusted by everyone and mistrusted by everyone. He is the phantom menace of Westeros, and his fingers reach far into Essos, far into the dark corners of the world. Littlefinger might just be the Palpatine of this world. Palpatine rose to power, yes, using a bit of the dark side of the Force, but he had great intellect. He was two-sided in many ways. He was Palpatine. And he was Sidious. He was a little old humble senator from a great planet of Naboo. And he was the man, the creature, that carried the flame of the Sith and rebuilt it. And, for a while, was very, very successful. Created a new galactic empire in his image and of his mind. And that is what Littlefinger is trying to do in Game of Thrones. He says it. He has proclaimed it. What do you want, Peter? Everything. All of it. He's not just here for the Iron Throne. He's here to put someone on the Iron Throne. 
He's here to take the Iron Throne from them. He's there for Catelyn Stark. He's there for Sansa Stark. He is there to help Ned Stark. He is there to capture Ned Stark. He's there to help orchestrate the murder of a king. And he's there with his Knights of the Vale to save a potential future king. What is Baelish? Is he good? No. Is he bad? Probably. But not entirely. Baelish is so unpredictable. He is the most dangerous man in Westeros. He doesn't kill them. He has another method for bringing him down. He runs a brothel to get secrets. He has a network of spies. He works behind the scenes. He turns people against each other. And people believe him. Catelyn Stark believed him when Baelish said, Hey, Cat, I knew you. I loved you as a kid. Remember that time? Remember your fiancé sliced me open because I tried to fight for your honor? Remember that? Cool. You trust me? That dagger belonged to Tyrion Lannister. The Lannisters. And Tyrion. They're the ones trying to kill your son because they're the ones that killed Jon Arryn. They're trying to hide it, don't you see? That got Catelyn in trouble, got Ned killed, and it set fire to the realm. Littlefinger would be more than Sith. He'd be he'd be a ruler from another part of the of the world, another part of the galaxy. Maybe maybe Littlefinger is Snoke. That's my theory. Littlefinger is Snoke, and that Snoke theory don't suck. Peter Baelish is a fascinating character to watch. It's a fascinating performance too by Aidan Gillen. And I think we all can agree that he'd look good in a dark black cloak with a red lightsaber hidden deep inside it. Wouldn't even need to use it because he would have the galaxy in the palm of his hand. And that is why Peter Baelish, Littlefinger, belongs in the Star Wars galaxy. Well, there you go, guys. That's the list. My five characters of who I believe from Game of Thrones belongs in Star Wars. You know the drill. Find me on Twitter at CatNapsock. Follow Force Center on Twitter at ForceCenterPod. And use the hashtag Star Wars Ranked and join this conversation. Tell me if I was right, if I was wrong, and who you would add to the list. Who from Game of Thrones belongs in Star Wars? Thank you for all the support here on Force Center. We have a Patreon page. You can go there to patreon.com slash Center. We have merchandise available now on TeePublic. Go there. If you're on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review. Like us on Facebook as we push to get over 1,000 likes there. As I said, follow us on Twitter at ForceCenterPod. And until next time, remember winter is here. And watch out for Littlefinger. That's it for this week. Star Wars has been ranked. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.